Hey, you crazy bastards. Welcome to Eat Crime Bites. This is where I research the court documentation and roast the criminals so you don't have to. This week, I'm bringing you season two, episode 20. This is Parker Ryan Little and his cyberstalking. Well, it was actually more than cyberstalking. In act one, I brought you his swatting. And then he was punished. He went, went to prison for a year. He was on supervised release for two years. He kept his nose clean for an additional year, presumably. And then he started cyberstalking people. And that was the subject of our whole last act where he cyberstalked a former employer. And then he cyberstalked a former high school friend who he owed money to. And that high school friend got the money through his mother, which apparently pissed off Parker Little to the point where he cyberstalked him, that gentleman's girlfriend, and that girlfriend's parents. Yeah, and he does a lot of stuff. He opens credit cards in the girlfriend's parents' names. He just, he does a lot of crazy stuff that you really should go back and listen to. If you're on YouTube, I'll put links up here where you can go back and watch this thing in full and you can actually get the full background. But if you're sticking around, that's why I gave you a little bit of background so you can now understand what I'm bringing you today, which is act three, why stop there? So Parker Little, he's been swatting those streamers that I brought you in act one. And now he's cyber stalking these two families that I brought to you in act two. And he's continuing on with his stalking of JC, that friend that used to be a friend in high school that he got. JC got money paid back to him through Parker Little's mother because Parker wasn't paying up and that pissed Parker off. So he had been um, cyber stalking him and he hasn't stopped. This is now June 26 of 2020. He now spoofs JC's phone number to threaten other victims. So he makes it look like it's coming from JC and he starts threatening other people. And then a month later, July 23rd of 2020, JC receives a package in the mail. And this package, there was a silver sealed package inside. And already I'm reading this thing going, this sounds incredibly suspicious. Inside the silver package was a maxi pad that contained a Ziploc baggie with a tannish powder substance. I would have been like, holy shit, and just giving it to the police at that point. And that's kind of what it sounds like JC did. He said he had no idea why the package was sent to me, but I think Lil had something to do with this. And I would agree with you, JC. I think Lil had something to do with this too. He's been harassing JC for the past several months. So immediately when he gets a maxi pad in the mail with some kind of substance on it, he's like, this has got to be fucking little little's fucking with me again. So he gives it to the Wagoner police department and the police said, um, uh, this was fentanyl. My friend, this was fentanyl on this maxi pad. In my opinion, in my opinion, at this point, that's almost attempted murder because if you're sending somebody fentanyl and you don't tell them it's fentanyl, they could, easily overdose this kind of just is a footnote in the court paperwork that i just thought was incredibly interesting that i had to tell you about this maxi pad that was sent through the mail with fentanyl on it because it was above and beyond even above and beyond the swatting so there was another piece of evidence here that they found that later on they found that there were pictures of jc's girlfriend naked and Parker Little's email account 
And he would say, well, maybe it doesn't, maybe it's not associated with Parker. No, the email account is Parker Merks. That's the name of it. P-A-R-K-E-R-M-E-R-K-S. So it sure sounds like Parker. There are naked pictures of his former friend's girlfriend. No idea how he got them. I don't know if it was before or after they had their issue with money. But the same photographs were also found in another account, Parker Little One. So I know you were the whole time you were thinking, Parker Merckx, maybe that's not the Parker we're talking about. Maybe it's not Parker Little. Well, there's another email account named Parker Little One that also had the naked pictures in. So this guy had a lot of evidence of shenanigans in his accounts. Full stop. If we fast forward a little bit to April 18th of 2020, there's this police officer's wife, okay? Her initials are Casey. And I know, these initials are probably confusing the shit out of you, and I apologize. They confuse the shit out of me, too. Don't worry. Just remember, the police officer's wife. Her husband's initials are CT. So I'm going to say the police officer and his wife from now on. He is a member of this REACT task force, so... I think it's this tax force that investigate these type of things that Parker Little are, are involved in. Somehow, Little got into this police officer's wife's Snapchat account and downloaded three images. One picture was the police officer, her husband. I know. I don't know how he did this. I don't know how he did this. I looked as far as I could in the paperwork. It didn't say. I rubbed my head and I was like, how is this possible? But he got into this police officer's wife's snapchat she said she never shared her password with anybody she also started receiving text messages from some google number that later ended up being associated with a parker little one google email account that i just talked to you about so there's text messages coming to this police officer's wife from an email account that's called parker little one i know he didn't hide himself very hard here so on this Parker little one, Google Drive, there was also another document on there named React. Now, remember, I just said police officer husband works for this force called React. And there's a, now a file named React on Parker Little's Google Drive account that has information about the police officer, like his name, has her name, the you know, the wife of the police officer has her maiden name, birth date, cell phone number, address, and email addresses. So all crazy shit for him to have about a police officer and the police officer's wife. Parker Little should not have this information, but he does. So then, here's almost the pinnacle. An email comes into a police tip line. The email comes from an email account called 0xBoogeyman.com at protonmail.com and you if you see protonmail you gotta think oh this person's trying to hide themselves this email comes in and says it's jc which is that second victim this is the friend the former friend and it basically says hey i'm up to some shady shit okay so that gets a police alert alerted and then there's a call in at uh, this is um, basically at the same time. There's a call into 911 of a man that says, I just shot my wife. 
and he says, I just shot my wife's arm off and she's dying. And I sat there and I was like, that is an oddly specific phone call. I shot my wife's arm off and she's dying. But that's, that's what the court paperwork said. He said, so there you go. And he identified himself as that police officer. So this police officer of the react police task force that it's his wife that little broke into her Snapchat account. So that couple, he says, I'm this police officer. So what he just did was SWAT this police officer. He sent SWAT to this police officer's address. 14 fucking units arrived. This swatting was traced to this Discord online chat forum where people offered a SWAT for hire, meaning you pay me money, I will SWAT a victim for you. Who was the person looking to hire for a swatting? Boogeyman. This is why I got to give you all these pieces that kind of sound like they're disjointed. Well, they all come together. Boogeyman is the same person as Parker Little One, which is the same person that's behind these Google Voice accounts, which is the same person behind all this other stuff that I've been describing to you. Okay, so then on this Discord chat, Boogeyman claims he quote-unquote jacked a React officer's wife's Snapchat, which was true. This is little talking. Two days before the swatting, Boogeyman has the officer's information. So he has what he needs to swat two days before the swatting happens, according to what they see on the Discord chat. Ten hours before the swatting, Boogeyman complains that the officer hasn't contacted him after he texts the officer's wife. So this timeline is really fitting in for this swatting. And it also sounds like, according to the chat, that Boogeyman was listening in on the SWAT call as it was happening, as it was being called into 911. As it was happening, Boogeyman also said to the person that he apparently paid to, to SWAT this police officer, he says, have him SWAT this other kid, LOL, and provided the victim JC's name and address. So this high school former friend is now Little's trying to pay someone to SWAT him. And it looked like someone actually set up a Google Voice account to SWAT that victim, JC, but I read as far as I could and I couldn't find that they actually SWATted him. So it sounded like they maybe set it up, got ready. Maybe Little was caught, who knows, but it didn't actually sound like it went down where JC was SWATted. So then November 9th of 2021, there's an indictment and there's a four count indictment against Little. Count one was threatening interstate communication. This is the Fort Gibson police officer killing spree threat online. Count two was stalking. That was for AP. That was a former employer. Count three was another threatening interstate communications. That's for Wagoner Police Department killing spree threat again. And then count four was cyber stalking for JC. And I thought, holy crap, they could have gone on and on and on because there was a police officer, his wife, hacking and all this other stuff that he did that I told you about. They, they, they didn't charge him with. So we're going with these four charges. All right. This is this is where we're going from here on out. Now, that same day of the indictment, there was an application for a search warrant for him, meaning whatever he had on him, his house and his Audi, which is his car. Now, part of this search warrant I thought was interesting. I got to see the search warrant content and there was this paragraph 82 
they apply for biometric access to devices, meaning if he had a phone that was unlocked by his face or his voice or his fingerprint, or he had a laptop that was unlocked by the same types of things, this search warrant covers that. So he's supposed to provide his fingerprint or I don't know, like, I guess they hold his phone up to his face and it unlocks, but there's this biometric access devices clause that they had in there. And I thought that was pretty interesting. So this is his house. I have a picture of it, you know, just suburban house. It looks like all the other houses on his street from what I can tell in the picture, very unassuming. Um, this is the house in his search warrant. So when they went in there and they performed the search, well, not, not physically at this point in the house, when they did search online, they found a lot of digital evidence against him. So they found, you know, his discord username was boogeyman. He boogeyman then referred to himself as Parker in chat. Now I had to pause for a minute. If I'm a bad guy and I go to the point of making a fake account for myself called boogeyman, you can sure as shit believe I'm not going to say, Hey, as boogeyman, I'm not going to say, Hey, I'm Keith. Because I spent all that time, right? Why would you say I'm Keith? But he identified himself as Parker, which is, again, not good for Parker because it's easy for investigators to say, Boogeyman is now Parker. He then referenced his baby mama's Facebook as Boogeyman. So even if he wants to argue, ah, it was somebody else mentioning Parker. Well, now this Boogeyman is mentioning his baby mama's Facebook account which seems weird for anybody else, but Parker Little to be mentioning, right? Again, all is Boogeyman. So law enforcement know Boogeyman is Parker. They also look at his other accounts. Oh, in his chat, he also provided his PayPal account. It was parkermerks at gmail.com. That other Parker Merks account that I told you about earlier that had the naked photos of his former friend's girlfriend. Yes, all tied together now. They also find other Google accounts. They found, like I said, the Parker Merck's account. There's that Wolf account that I told you about earlier. And there's a Parker Little One account. He had information from utility providers and accounts for his utility providers. So that shows he owned those accounts. He used them for his normal everyday purposes, not just talking, but his everyday electricity bill type of purposes. He had emails in there that pointed people to boogeyman on discord. So that starts to put that web link together for investigators too, where he has information about those discord accounts in his Google account. So it links those two accounts together. Google had that address of that house that I showed you in Google pay for those Google accounts that were threatening people. Oh my God, right? Like these accounts that were threatening people, they went there and say, who's on file for Google Pay physically? And it's Parker Little's physical home address. I'm not making this shit up. Also linked his phone number. So this evidence really points to Parker Little. The same IP address, the, the computerized number that's given to your computer on the internet. I've explained this in uh, prior episodes, but it's just this number. It's a string of number, real short number that it gets associated with you on a computer. Well, his was linked to all these accounts. 
So not only could was his information in the accounts, but access came from his accounts or access came from his house through these IP addresses and accessed all these accounts as well. And all this is doing is just setting up a very tight case for law enforcement to say, hey, there was Parker informa Parker's information in these accounts, Parker's identifying information like IP addresses accessing the accounts, shit, some of the information in there, the name says Parker Little One, so that's probably him. All this stuff pointed to Parker Little. So at the end of the day, Parker Little, he stood up and just said, I'm guilty of all four counts. The count one of threatening interstate communication with Fort Gibson Police Department, the count two of stalking AP, the count three of threatening interstate communications of threatening to shoot up Wagoner Police Department, and count four of stalking JC, he pled guilty to all of it. And in this case, I think it's because they had so much evidence. I just read you so much evidence that they had. Just linking him to his accounts, just, just based upon the name of the accounts, not even what the content of in there, that I think his only move was to plead guilty. So sentencing rolls around, and I imagine a judge looked at his prior record and then considered it and came back and said, you're getting 51 months. And I sat there and I was like, 51 months is a long time, but doesn't feel like a long time considering he swatted people and was already in prison for a year. But that's what it is. It was 51 months on all counts. They were run concurrently, so it was a true 51 months. It's not like 51 months times four. The court then also ordered that he has to be in substance abuse treatment. He has to... Um, be in vocational training programs while in prison. And um, there's also uh, mental health treatment that they said he has to partake in. They said, when you are out, assuming he gets out, three years of supervised release. So last time he had two years for a swatting. Now he has three years. And you would hope he would keep his nose clean. He did actually technically last time he kept it clean plus a year, but this time he's not, he's now on the hook for three years. And again, while he's on probation, he has to be out there and do his mental health treatment. And he can't be on computers or on online computer services unless his probation officer says it's okay. And I, I can't imagine a probation officer saying it's okay for you to get on the internet and do anything it's probably going to have to be a very, very heavily monitored and very strongly focused activity. Like it's going to have to be work related, I imagine. Okay. And last little nail in the coffin, they said, hey, you cannot have any contact whatsoever to any victims in this case, AP, JC, or anybody else directly, indirectly, in person through others, through telephone, through mail, electronic devices, listen, any other manner, any way you can think of, you cannot contact them anytime. I hope that is clear, sir, because you've been contacting people a lot and you cannot contact these people anymore. Furthermore, you have to stay at least a hundred yards away from them and their residence and where they're employed or their school all times you cannot get near them talk to them or anything and i sure 
hope Parker Little abides by this one because that to me feels like the, the one that he's going to have the hardest one to stick with. So that's it. I hope you enjoyed the case. At least you enjoyed the depth that I researched it. And some final thoughts here. One is I felt like he should have gotten more than five years for as much as he cyberstalked people and swatted a police officer and targeted that police officer's spouse. He still got less than five years, which I thought was kind of shocking. I thought he should have gotten more than five because he had, it was his second go around. Swatting a police officer. Wow. I don't remember in any of our prior cases, a criminal swatting a police officer. That's kind of unique. So, wow. Now, the biggest point here is Parker Little, I don't think he did much to hide himself. He didn't make, I mean, he made a couple Proton mails at the beginning, but in some of these cases, his name was on the Google account. It was Parker Little One. Not a lot of thought has to go into who this account could be when you put your name on it. So that I found very surprising for all the stalking he did. He didn't really do a lot of hiding himself. And the last thought is what is with cyber stalkers spending so much time cyber stalking their victim and not even their victim. It's sometimes it's their victim and their victims, relatives and their victims of acquaintances or the police officers that might be investigating them. And then in this case, it's police officers, families. It's unbelievable. I mean, it's just unbelievable. And in this case, it, the cyber stalking of JC all stemmed because little owed JC some money and JC went to the guy's mother and just said, Hey, I need the money back. And the mother paid him. I don't know if it was warranted or not, but it sounds warranted to me. It doesn't sound like a, a reason to cyber stalk somebody, but in this case, Parker little went off the rails and did cyber stalk him. So I hope you enjoyed this case. If there was anything in this episode that you enjoyed, if it's not, even if it's not Parker Little, even if it's not how badly he cyberstalked people, maybe it was how deep I researched this case. Please like, thumbs up, subscribe, follow, whatever it is positive on your application that you're either watching me on or listening to me on. I appreciate that. If you could share this with friends that you might think like a true crime podcast that is a little off the wall and a little lighthearted, I'd appreciate that as well. And with that, if you haven't visited our website, please do. It's ecrimebytes.com. Bytes spell the computer way. B-Y as in yellow milk. T-E-S.com. And if you're wondering why I'm saying Y as in yellow milk, go back a couple episodes. I talk all about frozen yellow milk and stuff I had to go through in my childhood. It's really worth a listen. <laughs> That's it. That's it for this week. Let me tell you about next week because next week, we have an espionage case. Okay, we haven't done a spy case in a while. The last spy case I remember doing off the top of my head was the Annapolis spy case, and that was in season one. This one coming up next week is espionage with Jerry Sebastian Dalk. And I don't know how it came to be, but Dalk wasn't even part of the classified program very long, but got his hands on some stuff and decides he wants to give it to the Russians. And it's a very, very interesting case, just like our last spy case where it's not actually the Russians he's talking to and we have some communication and we get to talk about what it is Jerry thinks he's doing versus what it is actually Jerry is doing. And we get to walk through his case from beginning to end. And to me, it's a very interesting case. So I hope you come back 
And I hope you enjoy it as well. So I hope to see you then. Thanks. Bye.